Jack survives a close encounter with some foes, but accidentally leads them straight to some hidden figures. He beats the robots, but a rogue one threatens to end their galaxy quest before it's even begun. However, his arrival may be just what they needed, and when they ask for a hero, he's the first man to step up. Can Jack handle the gravity of this situation and prove to be a guardian of the galaxy? Volume 2? This has got to recap. Folks, welcome back, back to the cast, got to recap. We are back at it again, episode five. Nick Montagani, I'm here as always with Brendan Riley. Brendan? Hello, I'm here What's going on? Not too much. Uh, We got a doozy of an episode on our hands here. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to get into this. Um, But before we get to that, how are you enjoying new Pokemon Snap? Uh, I've only played a little bit of it. I think I'm on part four of the first area. Uh, I've, okay. I've done the night section and I did the part where you chased around the giant glowy guy. Uh, I think it's pretty neat. I'm a little concerned about the way that the level seems to change the more you play it. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that yet because I was getting used to like going around the corner and seeing a sleeping Dodrio. Uh, and the last time I did it, there was a giant Tangela there instead. And I was like, oh, no, I, my patterns are all gone. now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I it, it took me a little while to adjust. I'm a little further on than you are, I think. And yeah, definitely very different than original Pokemon Snap. You know, you rely on the same kind of pattern of the same Pokemon being where they're going to be. And then, you know, you learn the tricks to sort of manipulate how the course is going to run out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely took a little while to adjust to this. And I was definitely surprised to jump back into a level and be, oh, this is there are just entirely different Pokemon than yeah, when I fired it up a second ago, but I'm enjoying it so far. Um, it's pretty much exactly that same feeling from mm-hmm. the original Pokemon Snap, you know, from a time not too dissimilar from the subject of our podcast here. I think Pokemon Snap was 99. Mm-hmm. It's funny to think about a lot of the story that people have been saying lately is uh, like, oh, I wish you could still go to a blockbuster video and print out the pictures that you take in Pokemon Snap. And I'm like thinking... Oh, yeah, I I wish you could do that. I have such fond memories of like that feature being a thing. But if I really think back on it, I don't know that I ever actually did that. I just think I knew that you could. Yeah, I never did that. Um, And I don't know that I would now, (laughs) like as a 30 year old man walking into a store to print Pokemon pictures. (laughs) Not sure about that. You're not going to have the opportunity to walk into a blockbuster unless you and me (laughs) want to make a little trip to, to Bend. Oh, is there still one? They're still good old Bend, Oregon. Oh, holding, goodness. Holding on to the tradition. I could see like GameStop or Walmart or like Toys. Oh, no, there's no Toys R Us now. Oh, God. Oh, uh, well, GameStop or Walmart doing that because they still do those Pokemon like spot pass special yes. special Pokemon. Yep. Um, so I could see that happening. Yeah. I mean, it, but at this point, it's so easy to share Pokemon pictures on social media, mm. uh, but it would be a fun novelty. Yeah, I could see that. Get a little uh, Pokemon. They, they like send you a. Uh, an album so you can put your photos in that'd be kind of neat i would love it um but we'll continue on with pokemon snap on our own time uh, we got to talk about this episode of samurai jack uh let's get into the recap let's do it <laughs> 
Episode five. <laughs> Episode five, Samurai Jack, titled Jack in Space. Woo! I do, so I remember there being a space episode, but I did not realize that it was so soon after the, yeah. the beginning. We had talked about this before we got started with the podcast. I, I, I remember you saying like, or we were talking about like how the episodes go to some crazy places. And uh, I remember you saying like, yeah, I think I remember Jack going to space and like, that's really weird. And I knew, I knew that it happened so soon. Um, so I was, yeah, very excited that we've, we've already reached this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Jack in space. It's funny. Cause like you think, you know, I don't know if it maybe was worked a little differently back in 2001, but like you, you got to figure that, they they probably only had so many episodes in mind because um, you don't know if your show is going to get renewed, <clears> you know, how many seasons you're going to be able to get, even though, you know, Gendy Tartakovsky um, had, you know, a ton of backing from Cartoon Network with all those previous successes. Um, but still, you kind of figured they like had a drawing board of like, OK, we've got so many episodes. Where does Jack need to go? Uh, Jack needs to go to space. Jack needs to go underwater. Mm. Uh, Jack needs to meet some dinosaurs, which may happen. I actually don't know if there's any dinosaurs. I'm, I'm sure there's probably <laughs> Now some I expect the next episodes. episode to be Jack underwater. <laughs> <laughs> I think we do. We do get there. Uh, yeah, we. I do remember him going underwater at some point, and I'm beginning to feel like everything I remember must be this first season. Oh, yeah. Because also the intro of the show shows off. So far, it seems like it's showing off bits of every episode from this season. Right. So I kind of have an idea now what might be coming. Uh, like there's the the three robot mobsters <laughs> that, oh, man, that you see at the beginning. Um, so those have to be showing up soon. That's that's a wild episode that uh, is coming in the near future. Mm-hmm. But uh, r- remain excited. <laughs> oh, I will until we're done. So, yeah, episode five, August 27th, 2001. So actually two weeks after the previous episode. Um, so, you know, a little bit of a time gap now, maybe not as much as we originally thought, but. Uh, we open up the episode and we're seeing shots of like a forest. We we kind of pan down from the treetops in this forest and we see it's kind of Jack's silhouette walking through the forest kind of slowly. Um, and then we get more great shots of like Jack standing on a cliff, like looking out. Yeah, like the beginning sunrise. of the original God of War. He's like yeah. contemplating throwing himself off in, <laughs> into the Grecian Sea. Um Kratos, a very honorable warrior. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, great shots in this whole sequence. Um, like, there's so many shots actually in this episode that would make like a good desktop background or something. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a different forest, too, from the one we saw last time, where the last one seemed kind of tropical. This one seems almost like a, what you might expect from like a redwood forest, something big, thick tree stumps. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, interesting that... Like this whole wooded area is like untouched. I think it's kind of kind of like you said last week, like maybe all the people on Earth now are kind of living in these centralized hub areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, these these forests do still exist, although, you know, they they can't remain completely untouched by uh, civilization and Aku's influence, as we'll we'll see here in a minute. Right. But yeah, we, we see Jack is like walking through these forests and um he actually he comes to a waterfall and he kneels down next to the waterfall and starts cupping water with his hands and drinking it it's this quiet moment and uh, a deer actually approaches him out of the forest 
as he's drinking water and they kind of have a pause for a minute and lock eyes yeah look it, at each other. it looks at him like it's so heartbroken to see him there like the look on the deer's <laughs> face just like no he's gonna drink all the water <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be none left <laughs> yeah they they have like a little moment together and then jack just kind of scoots himself over a little bit mm-hmm. and makes room for the deer who comes up and starts drinking right next to him um it's this really nice like quiet kind of tender moment of like just taking it all in and and jack being one with nature mm-hmm. um you and me live in a very rural area uh, in surrounded by forests in the middle of New Hampshire. Yep. I imagine you've probably had a decent amount of deer encounters as as I have throughout my life. Yeah, I, I hang out with them by the brooks around here. You know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would love for that to be my reality, but I feel like <laughs> any any kind of deer encounter I've had, because they used to come into our backyard at mm. uh, my parents' house all the time. And any deer encounter we'd have is we'd all go, oh, oh, there's a there's a deer. Yeah. And then, Everybody runs to the windows. <laughs> you run to the window. <laughs> and I would I would like try to grab like an apple or something and s- slowly open up like my slider door out back to like throw it to the deer or something. And immediately, like as soon as you touch the door handle, the deers just scatter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the other night oh, I let my dogs out uh, and it was dark. Um, Who let the dogs out? Uh, me. I did. Okay. It was me. The, after so many years, we finally figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I looked out into the woods that lined my backyard and I saw two eyes looking back at me, like from the reflection in my uh, my light. And I, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was very tall. So I think it was a deer just staring at me, but my dog started walking towards the edge of the wood and I freaked out. I was like, you're ready to get back inside right now. <laughs> um, but I have seen like deer, wolves, foxes, all kinds of stuff. We have a pack of turkeys that likes to hang out in our backyard. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Except I don't let the dogs out when the turkeys are there either because they're that's mean. True. I love a good turkey sighting. Yeah. One of the one of the perks of living in the area we do, we you know, you see a lot of wildlife. Mm-hmm. You're in it. So anyway. Um, yeah, Jack and the deer are drinking water together out of the stream, and then it's interrupted by a large crash somewhere off in the forest. Like, there's this booming noise. Um, the deer instantly runs away, and so does Jack. Uh, Jack gets up from the stream, starts running off into the forest. He actually leaps off of a cliff. Mm-hmm. He does, like, the Assassin's Creed, yeah. uh, the eagle jump thing. Right extremely fortunate you know he jumps and there's like a slow motion shot of him falling through the air but you know he knew all along that there was a tree branch to grab onto to slow his fall yeah he lands on the ground and he starts running away and we actually hear kind of in the distance um we start hearing robotic sounds that are following him um that sound really reminiscent to the aku destroyer beetle drone noises that we heard in episode three which is much heavier yes um but yeah, similar enough that, you know, we know some kind of robotic foe is coming after him here. Um, and actually, we see that uh, these black arrows start shooting towards Jack and like landing in uh, trees and rocks and stuff that are surrounding him as he's still running away. Um, yeah, these black arrows stick into them and then they just all explode on impact. Yeah, they're pretty intense. But Jack manages to sort of avoid that for a while, and he he keeps running, and he jumps over a rock, and when he lands, he looks up, and he's found himself in the middle of like a camp in a clearing in this forest, and in this camp is a gigantic 
rocket ship that has like a little Christmas tree on the top of it. Yeah, I thought that was silly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, very good disguise for the gigantic futuristic looking (laughs) rocket ship. Yeah, they won't be spotted if anyone's just looking at the tree line. (laughs) Just stick a little Douglas fir on there. and Yeah, it's basically (laughs) invisible. He's looking at this rocket ship um, and like other kind of future looking structures surrounding it. And as he's looking at this, he actually uh, he sees all these little astronauts, um, mm-hmm. like these people wearing these spacesuits um, that look like they're in the middle of doing something. Like they look like they're all working on something. Like some of them, it starts to like pan across a bunch of the different astronauts here. Some of them are like tinkering with the rocket. Um, some of them are like carrying boxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. One of them pops out of the fuselage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was I wish he had like a little soot like on his <laughs> yeah, that'd helmet. Be funny. Uh, these guys kind of remind me of, uh, do you remember the offbeats? I think yes. it was Nickelodeon. I'm not 100% on that though. They kind of remind me of that sort of style. They're all like a solid color and all the main ones have their own color. Yep. Um, <laughs> they're they're kind of funny. Yeah, they're funny looking little astronaut people. Right off the bat, they all kind of look like big dorks, mm-hmm. like you would think an astronaut would look like. Sorry, astronauts listening to our <laughs> podcast. Oh, man, we got to get our we got to find a way to get our podcast played in space. That would be awesome. That if would I could be get a-, a video of the astronauts on the space station listening to our podcast, I would be so happy. But they got to be holding today's news newspaper, <laughs> uh, which I'm not sure how they can get that in space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can 3D print it. I don't know. They got everything <laughs> figured out these days. Just ask Elon. He's got it. Yeah, but they there's like a few beats here where it shows all these astronauts and Jack looking at them. And then after a minute out of the forest behind Jack, these three gigantic drones appear, but they're not beetle drones. They're actually praying mantises, mm-hmm. praying manti. Praying, yeah, I don't know, actually. <laughs> and they're huge. Yeah, they're gigantic. They're towering over everything. They're like as tall as the rocket ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but they show up and they, they immediately fix on Jack. They put their sights right on Jack. Um, and they start sprouting like rockets and lasers out yeah. of like their their appendages and their long praying mantis necks. Just tons of weapons start shooting out of these guys. These guys are seriously strapped. Oh, yeah. They focus all of their attention with all of these weapons directly on Jack. And we actually cut over to one of the other astronauts watching and he just goes, uh oh. And as soon as he says, uh oh, uh, the drones turn their attention away from Jack and we're actually kind of seeing like through their Mm -hmm. robot eyes, like the Terminator we're seeing through their eyes and they're surveying the scene, uh, seeing the astronauts, you know, working. Um, One of the astronauts is carrying a big box that says escape pod provisions. I saw that. (laughs) So there has to be like a company that's manufacturing these boxes of escape pod provisions. (laughs) Acme escape pod provisions. Yeah. Aku allows that. Well, actually, we do learn here what Aku does and doesn't allow because uh, the some words pop up on the screen as the the drones are looking at the scene. They they say unauthorized facility, uh, unauthorized escape vehicle, and then it <laughs> says judgment extermination. I mean, it's kind of funny because when it says extermination, it does like a little ding, like the airplane noise when you call for your flight attendant. Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> like just a little bing bong, boom. The drones announce to uh, the astronauts that they're guilty of breaking 
Aku Law 101 and 203, they mm-hmm. say, um, which I think is really funny because Aku Law 101 is habitation in an unauthorized facility. Yep. So, like, Aku's been around for a long time now mm-hmm. at this point. Aku Law 101 is habitation in an unauthorized facility. Like, is that really kind of where he started with the real with the rule book? Yeah. <laughs> well, is that is that implying it's the first law or is it the hundred and first law? Mm, it depends. I guess question. it kind of depends on how he categorizes them. I might just be thinking of it as like a college course where, yeah. you know, I'm taking economics 101. Year one, so, class one. Yeah. Right. I'm going to get into the basics of habitation in an unauthorized <laughs> facility. I'm going to need to see a whole printout of every Akula. Man, the textbooks for habitation in an unauthorized <laughs> facility are so expensive because you got to get them with the codes to do the mm-hmm. online portion. Yeah, Aku's really evil that way. That's how they get you. <laughs> so the resale value is nothing. But yeah, they they announce that they've broken the law and that they and they they say that the astronauts will be exterminated and then all the astronauts start running around in circles and like a panic. <laughs> yeah. The drones they they approach the towers and the rocket and everything and they start destroying it just with their gigantic claws. They're firing their machine guns at the astronauts like running around. It's a pretty hectic scene and uh, Jack, you know, he thinks for a minute and then he jumps into action, of course, mm-hmm. like he does. Uh, he jumps in and like he cuts one of them up with a sword. Um, he gets another uh, drone to shoot at like one of the other drones and explodes it like with its own weapons. Mm-hmm. But then he launches himself at the last remaining drone and he's got his sword held and he's like approaching his head. And one of the astronauts uh, yells at him and he just says, no, don't. Uh, but it's too late because Jack cuts off its head and the head blasts off like a rocket like yeah. into the sky. It sprouts a rocket from the neck. Just yeah. flies away. <laughs> Jettisons itself out of the situation here. It's kind of calm for a minute, but then uh, one of the astronauts starts talking. Um, he's this dorky little guy with big glasses mm-hmm. um, that are pretty much his defining feature is glasses. He says he like calculates the odds of their escape now on like a little calculator. He's basically doing like the C3PO thing, mm-hmm. like always giving them the odds when they don't want them. But yeah, he says that the odds are like astronomical. Um, and then the the other astronaut who had yelled to Jack, he's got like a little German accent um, and he starts crying. He's crying because he says that, you know, now that this has happened, they're going to have to go back to work for Aku after all these years, he says. That's immediately kind of interesting. Like, we know that they have escape pod provisions, um, so they're tr- clearly trying to escape from something. But um, they've already kind of made some escape from working under Aku's uh, slavery. Yeah, Um and I think it's a little weird that the, the robots found Jack immediately, but uh, they've been doing this for years in the woods and never got found. Kind of raises some questions about Aku's uh, hideaway TV. Like, can that only see Jack or yeah, can it see question. anywhere in the world? Yeah, it's I'm I'm kind of trying to wrap my mind around how yeah Aku's surveillance works. Although, to be fair, they did have the Christmas tree on top of their rocket. So. That's true. <laughs> That's yeah. true. You could barely tell it was there. Uh, and then this the little German guy kind of reminds me of the uh, caterpillar from uh, Bugs Life. Yeah, that's the, like the whole time I was like, that's the caterpillar <laughs> in almost every way. Yeah, that's a good comparison. I actually thought that it was the same voice actor as the uh, orange alien guy from Aqua Teen. The, the two like aliens that wear headbands. Oh, the bro uh, aliens. Yes. Yeah. 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 I thought that it was the same voice actor, but it was just someone doing the same stereotypical like, German <laughs> voice. It was not the same voice actor. 
But yeah, he's he's like crying because he says they're going to have to go back to work for Aku. Mm-hmm. Um, his helmet fills fills up with tears, yeah, um, <laughs> which is silly. But then there's like a young looking astronaut who tries to console him, and the the German one says, "Well, you know that's easy for you to say." Um, he says, "You were just a baby when Aku forced the rest of us to build his robot armies." So yeah, we we pretty quickly yeah find out here that these people have built the robots. Um, it seems like maybe they have built like all the robots that Jack has been fighting so yeah, far, or at which least had ex- some hand in it. Which would explain how they knew that uh, when he cut the head off, it was going to fly away. Right. They're kind of having this discussion instantly, you know, redeeming myself here from the voice actor discussion. Um, instantly, the young astronaut is recognizable as Tom Kenny because he's basically just speaking in SpongeBob's voice. Yeah. Yeah. Dead giveaway. Tom Kenny got his hands all over animation of 2001 era and still oh yeah yeah almost as much as uh phil lamar did almost as much but yeah the the young astronaut he's he's saying um you know that they should try to fight back um you know now that jack has showed up uh he handled those drones pretty easily and he's saying you know maybe we can use jack to help us plan our escape we actually cut over to another astronaut who is like this ultra stereotypical nerd um he's yeah. got like big buck teeth also voiced by tom kenny yeah um he's got these big buck teeth and he's wearing like giant glasses that have like tape in the middle of them <laughs> yeah he's got like five o'clock shadow yeah pretty much you know exactly what you would think he's giving like this pragmatic explanation of like oh well you know we could try to escape but aku is gonna find out because the drone head is gonna warn him um, he's like very much like data driven, like thinking, mm-hmm. um, very dorky, but then there's another, there's like a lady astronaut voiced by Jennifer Hale, mm-hmm. um, who says she announces that Aku, uh, his orbital guard is blocking their escape route. And we actually see, see a giant monitor with like lots of little red figures closing in above them. And yeah, they're all kind of panicking a little bit. Jack apologizes for sort of blowing their cover, uh, by leading those drones to them. Um, yeah, the German one blames him. He's like, yeah, it's all your fault, <laughs> which is not wrong. No, he's not entirely wrong. But the the young one says that, you know, we'll fight back so we can we can make our escape. Come on, that's not fair. We were bound to be discovered. If anything, he saved our lives. Didn't you see the way he defeated those robots? Yes, it was quite impressive. The odds of one person with a sword defeating three mantroids were 6,923 to one. Hold it, gentlemen. I think we found our solution. If we follow this warrior through Aku's blockade, he might create enough of a distraction to give us a chance to slip through. That's impossible. No one can do that. Let us surrender. Actually, Frederick, the odds are promising. It's only 5,437 to 1. Yes! They start discussing the plan a little bit, and Jack says that'll help, but he says that he's grounded and cannot fly. Mm-hmm. And they they kind of look at each other. The the scientists all kind of look at each other for a minute. They're like, mm, "We got it figured out. <laughs> we can handle that." Yeah. And then we get this great montage of Jack like undergoing these rigorous training activities, all while being monitored by these scientists. We see him running on a treadmill, and he's got all these wires attached all over his body. And then we see him riding a stationary bike. Uh, in a like a Bacta tank from yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, 
but also he's writing it upside down yeah, in the back of the tank. We, we see him up right side up, but then the camera spins as it pulls out and he's upside down and we see all the scientists watching him. I think maybe they're just like punking him. Like, <laughs> yeah, just trying to see what they can get him to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this guy is really serious. Nobody's ever been able to do that before. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's doing like these ridiculous. He he does like a G force training, like astronauts do, and like that big spinny machine that mm-hmm. goes really fast. Um, that's what they call it, right? The big spinny machine that goes really fast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it would say in the in the textbooks and the manuals. We have to calibrate the big spinny machine that goes really fast. <laughs> He's like spinning around at it and like he's stressing out reasonably so, but like he can handle it. Mm -hmm. He's fine. Yeah. And then it cuts from that to they're starting to he's like suiting up in one of these uh, spacesuits, like these robotic arms are like piecing it together on his body. It's it's pretty I don't know. The whole thing is a little ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's like uh, the first Iron Man when he's right. Stark has the, the, the arms that put the suit on him before it turned into just like a suitcase that he throws on the ground. Uh, they'll get there. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's like suiting up. He's wearing one of these space suits. He's got the helmet on. Um, they didn't put a pot of soup on his head, which I think is a missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he looks a little ridiculous in the spacesuit, uh, but uh, he's he's ready to help them out. And uh, we get <laughs> the next scene is he's standing on like this pad and there's a large bolted door, like a blast door. <laughs> yeah. that's. <laughs> that's like blaring sirens on either side of it. It's got skulls on it. <laughs> yeah, it's got like skulls painted on it and like radiation symbols painted all over it. It's like slowly opening up. It's like this very dramatic door opening and this tank starts rolling out of it. Like it's like an armored vehicle. It looks like an armadillo. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Um, and there's like a little arm attached to the front of it that's carrying this tiny little rocket. <laughs> yeah. It's slowly approaching Jack and we actually see like all the scientists hiding in the trees, like away from them. Uh, <laughs> the German one is standing with Jack on this pad. He's like trying to reassure him like, all right, Jack, you're going to be all right. And then just immediately bolts out of the scene. <laughs> zips out of there. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're all horrified by this tiny little rocket. And Jack, you know, he's none the wiser. He doesn't have any idea what's going on. <laughs> But the car slowly approaches him and it attaches that rocket to Jack's back. Um, one of them pushes a button and it kind of latches in and straps into his back. And then the German one just runs back in. He's like all excited and he starts slapping Jack on the back <laughs> yeah, on the rocket. That they were just on so the rocket, he starts <laughs> smacking it. <laughs> He's all set. He's <laughs> like, yep, that was all we needed. Uh, that whole scene. I would love to know what mishaps they've had in the past with these rockets that like cause them to be so afraid, but then also know that like soon as it's on his back, totally to go. fine. Now it's <laughs> no, it can't explode. <laughs> I thought I thought that whole scene was very funny because when you first see the rocket, you see it in this white room, so you, you have no way of knowing how big it is. And then even when the tank is carrying it, you're like, that could be a giant tank. Like it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, so for me, it wasn't until it got to his back that I realized it was so tiny. And I, I just thought that was a really great gag. It's very small, but very scary. Yeah. <laughs> great gag for sure. Um, but yeah, they're, they've put the rocket on him and Jack is uh, kind of standing on a launch pad. And the young one is about to sort of explain to him how the rocket works. Um, but Jack pushes a button on his hand and just blasts off into the sky. <laughs> He starts screaming in panic. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's just he's getting whipped around in the sky. <laughs> he has no control. It's very silly because like Jack has been like this stoic 
warrior who doesn't really say much. So I love like the job by Philomar in the scene to have Jack like flying through the air, just letting out like these giant <laughs> panicked screams. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's the first time I think we've ever really seen Jack uh, not in control. He's very vulnerable in this state, which is understandable. Yeah. Um, you know, this is kind of a crazy concept for him, but he's like, yeah, flying wildly, like going in zigzags across the sky. Um, he kind of looks down at his hand that's got like all these little control nodes like on it. Contact points, yeah, on his fingers right. and in his palm. Yeah, he starts closing like one finger after another and like shooting back and forth across the sky. So he doesn't really have a grip on it. <laughs> he's starting to put it together, but he's still uh, very inept. <laughs> um, he like is launching towards this uh, like a tree line, a bunch of trees in the forest. Um, he takes his sword out and starts chopping them up like the tops of the trees. <laughs> yeah. so he doesn't crush himself against them. But then he actually sticks his sword down into one of the trees and like swings himself around and mm-hmm. instantly he's like, all right, I got it. Yeah, he does a slingshot maneuver and it just clicks. He's figured it out. Um, that's all it takes. The astronauts, they're all really impressed as Jack is like flying gracefully through the sky. He is. Yeah, he is just Iron Man in this scene. Yeah, yeah. He's got he, I think he's doing like the Superman pose and everything where he's got one arm up in the air. Yeah. He's uh, yeah very quickly latched on to this this new persona for himself. But he's flying gracefully through the sky. We get like a cool shot of him paused in midair, like against this beautiful sunset behind yeah. him. It's a nice shot. Like um, like Gurren Lagann, the first episode of that when they're all floating in the sky. It's kind of like yeah. re- reminiscent of that. Very beautiful. He's yeah, kind of floating there. And then they send like these little uh, Star Wars drones into the air after. him. Yeah, they look like the doctor, the doctor ball. Yeah, basically the same thing. They send them after him in the sky um, and we don't really get to see it. But like he cuts them up extremely easily mm-hmm. and they their like bodies crash down <laughs> it cuts back up and jack is like floating triumphantly in the air with his sword <laughs> held above his head and like the sun directly behind him it's fucking it's like really ridiculous yeah it's the whole it's a great sequence this whole like from the suiting up to this point i think yeah. it's, it's all really good stuff for us to have gotten to the point where jack is flying in the sky like fighting with a sword uh, in episode five, like for us to have gotten to this point, like, oh, man, um, how can they possibly follow up from this episode? Now yeah. that he's got the spacesuit, he's unstoppable. Nowhere to go but up from here. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> he's figured it all out. And then we cut to later that night, <laughs> kind of pans down over the rocket ship in this clearing. And we slowly <laughs> start to get this music playing in the background. And then it cuts to the inside of the rocket ship and the... <laughs> scientists are all like mingling and having like this big party there's like bossa nova music playing in the background (laughs) Um, it's very silly and they're like standing on these like floating or like these suspended platforms in the air they're all like dancing with each other just like slapping their bodies against each other yeah uh i think we 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 pan over some of them sitting and talking and i'm pretty sure there's one shot where we see two people in the same suit yeah (laughs) Uh, that shot, there's a lot going on in that shot. Yeah, there's there's a man and a woman <laughs> sharing a suit together. They're both sitting inside of the same suit. Yeah. Which is nice. You know, we should all hope that one day we're able to find that special someone to share a suit with. To share your space suit with. I keep asking my wife and she refuses. So <laughs> understandable. It might get a little sweaty in there. But there's also like a there's like a keg in this scene. Like someone is like tapping a keg and like giving everyone a drink. Yeah. Um, so they're having a real rager here. Yep, yep. Uh, I want to talk about the the design of this party real quick, though. It's like it's got this retro futuristic kind of like design going on to it. Like there's mm-hmm. 
these circular platforms that are all kind of suspended in the air and they're all connected by staircases. It's similar to uh, you ever play Headlander, the double fine game. Yes. It yep. reminds me of the design of a lot of like the party areas in that game, which yeah. I think is is going for like a 60s kind of futuristic design. Right. Uh, I, I really love it. Yeah, it's a weird scene. And I love the music playing in the background. Some of the astronauts, like the main ones that Jack has been talking to, um, they're sitting in like a circle on the floor and talking to Jack, Jack sitting with them. Um, and they're all excited because they're finally going to get to go to their new home and be free from Aku. There's like a skylight in the top of this structure that they're in. They're like looking out at the stars, kind of like longingly looking up. Yeah, they're excited to go. But Jack, you know, he's kind of sulking as they're all they're all having this discussion. Um, the glasses one says to him, uh, he says, odds are three to one that you should be having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Never tell me the odds. <laughs> yeah, but Jack is not having fun um, because he starts <laughs> he starts giving them a recap, basically, of the whole series so far. <laughs> um, he tells them about, well, yeah, there's this warrior who, you know, from an ancient time who got sent to the future and now he has to find a way back. So he's, you know, recapping everything that we've already seen. Like, mm. I don't know. We, we don't need we don't need this explanation. We're it experts of- by now. Yeah, it kind of feels to me like the intro, like when Aku is telling the story from his own perspective, it feels like that again. But now it's Jack telling it from his perspective or rather from like a third person perspective. I think there are almost literally like some of the same exact shots, like in <laughs> as Jack's giving this explanation, they like show shots of him, like in the first fight with Aku and everything. I think it's yeah. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> almost it's almost one to one. But now Jack. Yeah, Jack is doing the, the story. <laughs> it's pretty good. So he's not a foolish samurai. He's a young warrior. He's a young warrior. Yeah. He's giving them this description. And uh, one of them says like, oh, you're that warrior that you were just describing. Um, They kind of think about it for a minute. And uh, they're like, oh, time travel. Hmm. And instantly, like they all reach a consensus. Like, yes, time travel. We can we could do that. Yeah, we've seen Event Horizon. We know what's going on here. (laughs) Um, The the very dorky one explains to Jack sort of the plan that they've all Agreed to silently. Yeah, so they, they all came to a consensus by looking at each other. <laughs> yeah, the dorky one explains. It's kind of funny because he's holding like a wine bottle to give an explanation. He says that Jack will have to get into the escape pod of the rocket ship. He pulls like the cork off of the wine bottle, which mm-hmm. is the escape pod. Um, and they're going to jettison Jack from the escape pod uh, once they reach uh, sunlight or sublight speed. Um, you know, once they get to like the speed of light, they're going to launch him uh, in this escape pod, which will send him back to his own time, which they're 100 percent sure is going to work. Yeah. Yeah. They they actually say, like, just get in the pod. All you got to do is make sure you're in the pod and everything else will be taken care of. <laughs> like, so they're going to throw him and <laughs> it'll be fine. Yeah. They, they are very confident in this idea. There's like a little scene of them all like nodding and agreeing in unison. Um, but yeah, they're 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 all. They've all come up with this plan. Um, they're all excited uh, for Jack now that, you know, he's going to be able to travel back. Um, but the excitement is cut short as Jack senses something approaching in the distance. Um, and we actually cut outside of the rocket and we could see that there are dozens of like big bug eyes that are lighting up the horizon. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to execute this plan very quickly. So, yeah, from here, it cuts to commercial. And when it fades back in, um, we're looking at the rocket in the campsite and immediately those praying mantis drones arrive and then as soon as they arrive the rocket blasts off yeah we don't even deal with them at all 
no, there's no there's no fight on the ground. We're, we're taking this to the skies. The, the rocket starts blasting off and it's <laughs> still got the little tree on the top of it. Yep. I'm impressed. You know, I don't know. It must not be a real tree because I, I can't imagine that would survive. Yeah, it's um, like what they do around here with cell towers where they disguise them like trees. Right. It's very silly. It's especially silly to see it like flying through space now. We cut inside to the rocket ship and the camera starts like panning over all these astronauts. Um, some of them, you know, look a little bit stressed, but most of them are just like chilling comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is like reading a newspaper. But Jack, you know, he's he's freaking out a little bit. Um, you know, he had all had all this this training, but, uh, you know, he's like gripping his seat like really tightly and they they are still blasting off and then the, they cut the engines um, sort of once they enter Earth's orbit. Um, <laughs> once they yeah get into orbit, there's like a little coffee cup that had been sitting uh, next yeah. to Jack that just says I heart science written <laughs> on the side of it. <laughs> yeah, it's got like a spoon in it. It's got coffee, which I'm very confused about because they're all wearing helmets. None of them would be able to drink from that cup. <laughs> why is it even there? You got to just not. Yeah, you got to let that one go. <laughs> just for this scene. This is why it's here. <laughs> um. Yeah, it like flies past Jack's face as they enter like zero gravity and like the coffee is flying past his face too. The the young one announces to them that they have entered uh, Aku's blockade, he calls it, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And they bring Jack to an airlock um, somewhere in the ship and uh, he's about to leave the ship to fight uh, the blockade. But they tell him, you know, again, they remind him, you know, you've got to return to the pod as soon as possible. And Jack's like, yep, got it. Can do. Uh, they open the door behind him and he jumps out and sort of blasts off in his space suit. It's kind of cool. Like he jumps out into the void of space and like his white space suit instantly turns to black. Like, yeah, it's, it's black. And now the, the outlines are white. It just kind of inverts. It's really good. Yeah. It's good looking. But yeah, he, he's now flying like alongside uh, the rocket as the, the first wave of Aku's blockade shows up. Um, we see them like closing in on them on one of the monitors inside of the ship. And then these little red bug robots start like pounding against the ship. Um, and Jack instantly goes into battle. He like cuts a few of them up with a sword. But we see that there are still a number of them on the hull of the ship. And they're drilling into the hull with like these little drills on the ends of their noses, like their little robot faces. Mm-hmm. Jack cuts a few more of them up, like cuts them in half, um, but their heads are still digging into the hole. Um, the the glasses, I'm just referring to him as the glasses scientist, yeah. even though there are multiple ones with glasses. Um, he he calls them tick droids. He says that the tick droids are still attached to the hole. And Jack has this memory instantly upon hearing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instantly upon hearing tick droids. He has like this memory and it's a close up on like a hairy arm, like a hairy <laughs> human like arm. Freckles and red spots all over it. <laughs> yeah. It's just really weird. Like it closes up on this realistic arm where there's an actual tick walking across it that bites into the skin. And then there's a twig that is burning and they kind of put out the the burning end of it and they stick like the hot end of the twig into the tick and it it pulls its head out of the skin. Yeah. Um it's kind of that- like it's kind of like one of those <laughs> SpongeBob scenes with the hyper gross. Uh, and yes, and yet that does work. Is does it really work? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what they say you should do because if you try to pull them off, you could rip the head off and right. then they'll keep digging. Okay, I believe that Jack has 
learned this over the years, but I guess <laughs> I never did, which is why I got Lyme disease. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jack has this memory and then I just think this is so silly. He's like, okay, well, if that's what I'm going to do, then uh, he <laughs> takes his sword. He like flies away for a minute. He takes his sword and he, he heats it up with the rocket jet jet that's on his back. Like mm-hmm. he sticks the blade in the fire and he pulls it out and it's like his sword is now flaming. Yeah, <laughs> it's fully on fire. Um, it's ridiculous. He, he like goes back to the hull of the ship and starts like plunging his sword into these tick heads, which slowly pop out and explode. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, good for Jack for coming up with the idea, but like they really had to make these robots like realistic enough to the point where they respond like actual they ticks behave do. like ticks. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure what the practical application of that was, but hey, you know, if these robot scientists uh, are the ones who developed Aku's weapons, maybe they had this fail safe, kind of like in Rogue One. Um, <laughs> they had to find a way out somehow, and it was fire. Yeah, yep. Or maybe the scientists are just super literal and not very creative, and we're like, they have to be exactly like a tick. They got to be ticks. <laughs> he said, t- Aku said ticks. We're making ticks. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Um, he... Fights them all off. And then these mosquito droids, they're like droids in the form of mosquitoes. They start landing on the hull of the ship, too. And they stick their big mosquito noses into the ship and start siphoning fuel out of it. Just from random points on the ship, as if the fuel runs through the walls. It works that way. That's how cars work. (laughs) Jack flies at them and starts cutting them up pretty handily. Like one of them tries to spear him and he kind of tosses it away. But then... We see that there's this swarm of what look like hornets approaching him. Um, I what is the obsession with Aku's armies being all bug based? Yeah, like, Aku loves bugs. He's he just he found a theme he liked and stuck with it. I mean, bugs are creepy. People don't like bugs, but like I don't know, you could get like a bear or like a <laughs> like a dragon. Well, dragon would be know. very cool. Yeah. Some, something intimidating that's not bug based. Or so just, far, it's all bugs. Yeah. Or just like a regular ass robot would be fine, too. <laughs> yeah. Just a humanoid figure. I don't know. He'll get out of his bug phase and then he'll figure it out. But yeah, there's this <laughs> swarm of these hornet robots approaching him. Then they start firing like these stinger missiles like their stingers are missiles that they're <laughs> launching at Jack. Jack is basically playing like the world's most dangerous game of Galaga at this point. Yeah, essentially. And the missiles, they miss Jack, like Jack kind of hops out of the way. Um, and he's really proud of himself. And we cut <laughs> inside the ship and the German one is watching him on like a little monitor. There's a very cute shot on that monitor of Jack's face. Like he's got like a little smile on his face because he's happy that he dodged these missiles. <laughs> he's very proud of himself. Yeah. And the, the German the German scientist kind of calmly says to Jack, like, hey, Jack. Great job avoiding those. But by the way, those are guided missiles. Um, (laughs) And Jack is, uh, he turns around and sure enough, the missiles have turned back around and are coming back at him. Um, And he flies away with those missiles chasing him. Uh, He's flying like towards the the hornets and they fire even more uh, missiles at him. So Jack kind of starts basically playing chicken with these two groups of missiles like coming at him. He just starts kiting them around. He's flying like directly into the oncoming ones. And like at the last second, he flies out of the way and the two groups of missiles just explode each other. Mm -hmm. But then Jack flies into the Hornet Swarm. He starts hacking a bunch of them up with a sword. They're still firing at him and he's like redirecting their missiles into other Hornets. 
it doesn't seem like too difficult of a fight. No, he, he's he's doing it pretty handily. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not too difficult for him. And there's actually we see that there's only like a few of the Hornets left um, and they kind of have like a stare down like Jack stares them down for a minute um, and they start to retreat. And so it seems like the fight is over. Yeah. Why does Aku keep making robots that have like the ability to feel fear? Yeah. It's, cowardly <laughs> robots. It's a very it's a, a huge design flaw when your robots can get scared and run away. <laughs> He's got to put a little humanity into them. <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't. Maybe he shouldn't. Yeah, they, they start to retreat because they're cowards. Um, <laughs> and the astronauts tell Jack to get back to the escape pod because they're about to blast off. Um, so Jack flies over to the ship. He opens like a hatch and uh, they're they're preparing for light speed. They, he like straps himself into a chair in this escape pod. Um, and as he's doing this, we actually cut back outside of the ship and we see that these hornets... Uh, the ones that are remaining are like interlocking into each other, like with their arms and their bodies. They're like starting to group themselves together into one bigger structure. And the young one, they're like looking out at these hornets doing this and they're like, what are they doing? And the young astronaut, <laughs> he looks at them and he says what is <laughs> maybe the line that I have laughed at hardest in these five episodes so far. What is that? Looks like the bug bots are forming into a giant gun. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've had like all these technical terms, like they're talking about blasting off in a light speed at <laughs> T minus 12 seconds. So like all of this sciencey mumbo jumbo. Uh, and <laughs> the young one just says, oh, it looks like they're forming a giant gun. Yeah. He could have said orbital laser. <laughs> Anything. So it's a it's a big old gun. <laughs> I've watched it several times and each time I laugh at that line because it's very <laughs> silly to me. Yeah. Um, but sure enough, they are forming a giant gun. Um, it kind of <laughs> looks like a like a shuttlecock, like a badminton shuttlecock. Yeah. Yep. Jack immediately breaks out of the escape pod um, and he's flying towards this giant gun. And the astronauts, you know, they're kind of panicking a little bit. They're like, Jack, what are you doing? You know, we got to get out of here and you're not going to make it back in time. Uh, the glasses one actually says the odds are like low that he says that the odds are low that uh, the gun will be able to shoot them. And Jack just says to him, I cannot take that chance. Yep. The lady astronaut says, yeah, you'll never make it back in time. And Jack just ignores that. He's just flying straight for them. And they cannot wait. Like they've got to go. And they initiate like a blast off sequence. And it's this cool like intercut shots of uh, Jack like launching himself towards this giant gun. Um, which starts to glow up like it's glowing from both ends and like making like a low humming noise. Um, this is all kind of intercut with like shots of inside of the rocket ship of like a timer slowly counting down from 10. Yep. And yeah. Jack is approaching it with his fist like raised out in front of him. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He at one point says Superman. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I think I'm pretty sure. I just watched it a little while ago. I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah. Yeah, very heroic. <laughs> but Jack, he he approaches the giant gun and pulls out his sword and the tip of the gun starts to like really start glowing. Um, and then like the the countdown in the ship reaches one um, as this giant slow motion blast uh, shoots out of the end of the giant gun. And we get these we get again like those three panel comic book shots of Jack just standing in front of it ready with his sword. And the blast slowly approaches Jack 
and then collides with his sword, electrocuting him, and we get to see his bones. Yeah, we see Jack's skeleton a few times. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Jack's skeleton, if you will. <laughs> oh, he did it. <laughs> if you won't. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> we do get to see Jack's bones, which I'm happy about. Um <laughs> It's about time. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) The astronauts are looking out the window as the timer reaches zero on like their blast off sequence. Um, They're looking out the window and they all look really sad because like Jack has kind of sacrificed himself here and sacrificed his, you know, return home um, to allow them to escape to their new home. Yeah, that's like the slowly moving shot of them looking sad out the windows of the rocket. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but actually there's like a very brief moment where one of the windows, there's a dog looking out the window. Oh, I didn't. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. They're, yeah, they're very sad. But then um, the rocket blasts off like at the speed of light and just instantly as a streak across the sky and does like the little ping at the end of it, like yep. Team Rocket blasting off again. It does the Star Wars thing where all the uh, all the stars stretch towards it before it takes off. Yeah, uh, they're out of here. They said, thanks, Jack. And then they left. But yeah, Jack... He, he's got like the electric bolt connected with a sword and he kind of returns it to them like Link fighting Ganondorf in any Zelda game. <laughs> yeah. uh, he launches the, the blast back at them and there's kind of a pause and then the gun, the giant gun, uh, just explodes in like a big fiery explosion. Yeah. And it, it actually catches Jack kind of in the explosion a little bit and sends him hurtling through the sky back towards Earth. And he's like burning up a little bit on re-entry. Like he's moving very, very fast, crashing back into the earth. Oh, yeah. He's just plummeting back down. This is the point that many Kerbal Space Program runs uh, fell apart for me because I didn't properly plan for the re-entry. <laughs> but, you know, Jack, he'll be all right. He's got that cool spacesuit that he'll they'll, that he'll have for the rest of the series. Yeah, that's his new – that's a new piece of his kit. Um, I – I'm glad that that's not true because <laughs> not only does it make him OP, but it looks very silly and I wouldn't be able to deal with him being Iron Man for the rest <laughs> for of the, time. the rest of the show. I think if he could fly <laughs> around, that would probably, uh, yeah, like you said, make him a bit OP. Aku would stand no chance. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's he's crashing back into Earth and actually like collides into the Earth like a giant asteroid. Um, he crash lands and like there's a huge cloud behind him. But then from like that giant dust cloud, we see Jack is like slowly walking away. Um, that spacesuit that he had is like completely in tatters. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still got like the helmet on his head, but it's got like a giant gaping hole in the side of it. And his clothes are all torn up. So like it, it probably still hurt quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Slamming back into the earth at top speed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've only done it a couple times and it does sting. Yeah. He knows how to land, though. Like they tell you, you got to try to land flat. He knows about it. Right. He didn't do a belly flop. He'll walk it off. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like walking away and then he looks up at the stars and we see like a little shooting star streak across the sky or maybe it's the rocket ship. I don't know. It's like a nice little thing of just something like streaking across the sky. Mm-hmm. Like as as tough it is as it is for Jack to, you know, not have gotten what he needed out of this arrangement. You know, at least he was able to help the astronauts blast off and uh, escape. And it's a sweet little moment. Um, and And he... We got a final shot of him uh, walking away into the distance, into the forest with like the smoldering space helmet, like left behind him. 
Um, and he's walking away into the forest and we see his silhouette. And it's actually really similar to like the opening shots of the episode of him just kind of slowly walking through this quiet forest. Yeah, just back to it. Yeah, back to the grind. And uh, that is actually the end of the episode. This is a pretty interesting episode. Um, it's like, like we talked about, like immediately we have to jump to the ridiculous premise of Jack in Space. Like literally the title of this episode is Jack in Space. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like they're wasting no time putting Jack in like these completely outlandish scenarios. Um, but this one, um, I feel like it's done pretty well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good gags in here too with like those silly goofy astronauts and them strapping the rocket on him and everything. Um, yeah, I think this episode was much more like lighthearted than the previous one. I also feel like the the pacing and the structure of this episode worked a lot better than the the Woolies and the Critchelites. Yeah, where I this agree. one this one didn't feel so short like like the Woolies one did. The Woolies one felt like it was like starts and then it's over. Where this one kind of really did a good job kind of stretching out the different acts and making it feel like a full story that we're getting. Right. Uh, episode four, it did kind of like immediately launch us into like, oh, the Woolies can talk like, oh, OK, we're going to have to free them. And like it was kind of boom, boom, like get yeah. through all those moments. At least, yeah, this one, you know, we did spend a lot of time with the astronauts, like preparing for this final mission. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely well paced and uh, much more lighthearted with a lot of those good gags and like cut against like the just crazy sci fi space stuff. Yeah, very good. I'm I'm. You know, like we said, I'm glad that we're finally into Samurai Jack for real, uh, because episodes will get much weirder than what we've seen here. And it's already getting weird. Yeah, I'm really excited. It goes all over the place. Um, uh, There's a few I'm still waiting for. But like, I didn't remember the plot of this one. I remember that at some point he went to space, but I didn't remember what the reason was, what what happened that led to that. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, happy to be experiencing it again. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite the ride that we go on here. This episode's great. I loved it. I can't wait to see what comes next. Uh, before we go, though, we actually got an email at gotarecap at gmail.com uh, in response to one of our questions from last week. All right, so we have this email from Cody. He's responding to my, my assertion that Max Keeble was played by... The kid who plays PETA, Chris, what's his name? Something Hutchinson, whatever. Uh, sure. So this is from Cody. He says, Max Keeble is a character from Max Keeble's Big Move in 2001, played by Alex D. Linz. Linz is the guy from Home Alone 3, which I think you might have mentioned. Um, yes. And he plays Alex Pruitt in that. Uh, and I looked it up afterwards. And Alex D. Linz is actually also the voice of uh, Arnold from Hey Arnold. Oh. Um, but it's not PETA. PETA would have been oh, very okay. young at that time understood and he says aku be with you cody so thank you for that message cody thank you so much cody um that is exactly the kind of content we're looking for in our email line so you know if anyone else has any kind of you know questions for us or answers to our burning questions you'll you'll get a chance to appear on this show and uh show off how knowledgeable you are about max Keeble's big move about which is really things, what yeah. we're all yeah we're all kind of shooting for that in <laughs> life yeah yeah we want to be the max Keeble experts Thanks again, Cody. And uh, thanks again to everyone who has been, uh, you know, engaging with us on uh, social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us there at Gotta Recap. And again, um, you know, please 
Take the time, if you haven't already, to review us on uh, Apple Podcasts or any other podcast services you may subscribe to. Um, that's a huge help for us, and we'd super appreciate it if you would hop in there. Thank you to everyone who has done so so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and thanks to everyone who's, you know, shared the podcast with a friend. You know, we want to get as many people involved as we can, and, uh, you know, we, we can't do it without your support. So uh, thanks for, uh, you know, helping us grow here. We're a yeah. small operation, but with your help, We'll take over the world. Yeah. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week for episode six. And uh, until then, Brendan, thank you. Thank you. And uh, talk to you next week, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.